Welcome to a special episode of the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. I'm Mona, and I was in a neurodiverse relationship for 32 years, married for 30, and didn't know we were neurodiverse until our 29th year of marriage. And I've been divorced a little over maybe three and a half years. And I'm here with my original co-host, Olga. Hi, I am Olga, and I was in a relationship with someone that's on the spectrum for about a year, and then after we started this journey, I realized that uh, more of my partners and people that fell in love with my life um, were on the spectrum too, so um, it has been a journey, and that, that was the idea at the beginning, it was just you know, processing everything and seeing what uh, we learned from all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we decided to do this special episode because Olga has chosen not to be involved in the podcast on a weekly basis. And I have a new co-host who's Manisa and our journey has been wonderful together. However, this week was the one year anniversary of of Olga and I starting the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. And when we started it, we knew nothing about podcasting. We had no idea how far we would go. And it has been an amazing journey. And so at the end of every episode, we've shared with you, the listeners, what our lessons were that we have learned So what we decided to do was do this special episode and kind of combine a lot of the lessons learned. So I'm going to start with um, several that were really important for me, and then Olga will share some of hers. So for me, one of the most important lessons was not to take things personal. And as we've shared in many of the episodes, and I've shared on the Neurodiverse Love Instagram page... Uh, not only did I take a lot of things personal, uh, when I did that, I got angry, I got very emotional, and that would lead to shutdown on my partner's part. And that would get me more angry, and that would get me more emotional. It becomes a cycle. Exactly. Yeah. It, was a, it was a pretty challenging cycle. And so there's so many misunderstandings. There's so many um, experiences that we had that could have been avoided if I hadn't taken things personal. And when my ex used blunt bluntness in his communication with me or he didn't respond to texts or calls throughout the day I now know that when he was at work he was at work and I shouldn't have taken it personal when he didn't respond and I've mentioned this before but one of the things he said to me was if you really need me to call you back or to respond to a text say 911 and I thought, what the heck are you talking about? Just answer my text or pick up my call, you know? And now I understand um, that a lot of people on the spectrum compartmentalize. So when he was at work, he was at work. He couldn't be bothered with family-related issues or issues that I wanted to talk to him about. Or unless just, it was a 911. Unless it was a 911. And I never 911'd him, so... <laughs> 
So that is a big lesson learned and something that I hope will help our listeners. The other uh, big lesson that I want to share is that I didn't know how important it was to give my ex time to process things. And so we'd be having a conversation and it was usually a conversation that I initiated and I would ask him a question. Like I remember when we wanted to buy a house in um, another state that we lived in and I was ready to move forward and I was very excited about it and I kind of pressured him to respond and he said yes he was ready to but what happened as we got closer to buying the house and signing an actual contract with an offer for the house he had a major meltdown and told me he couldn't move forward so the lesson learned is number one give your Aspie partner the opportunity to process one issue at a time, only bring up one issue at a time, bring it up when they are in a place that they can hear you using as much logic and rational, you know, phrasing and words and tone being as unemotional as you possibly can and uh, give them time to process. And it may be days, well, maybe hours, maybe days, maybe weeks, but I think it's really, really important to say, let's get back together and revisit this issue because it's important to me and I hope it's important to you. And let's get back in 24 hours back together or let's get back in 48 hours and then see where your partner is. But I lost patience over and over again, again, because I didn't know we were neurodiverse and my ex could never make a quick decision If he made a quick decision, he made it because he wanted to please me, I now know, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't being true to himself. Mm -hmm. He oftentimes was either masking or possibly going through a script because, again, he didn't want to hurt me and he wanted me to be happy. And then on many major decisions, he went back on his yes because he made it for the wrong reasons. He made it because he was feeling pressured or whatever. So those are really important lessons and there's others, but those are the two that I want to start with. What about you, Olga? Um, I want to start with, um, you know, my journey was different because I knew, not from the beginning, but very soon I figured out that something was different about how we functioned uh, and how we, processed things and and the the anxiety was not just because he has anxiety but it was also attached to a lot of reactions like you said like things that were overwhelming to him and stressful then it will trigger anxiety and even though I knew I was the only one that was in like aware of what was going on and it was very difficult to um manage everything because it wasn't the two of us trying to figure it out things it was me trying to understand and because i understood i gave him a lot of like um grace yeah grace a lot of grace in so many ways that um that didn't ensure that the relationship was going to work out 
because there were so many things that needed to be worked out on his side um, that not only needed me to be aware and understanding of the situation, but it needed a little more work. Um, so the way I reacted to things, or even though I kn knew, um, were not a hundred percent helpful. And at the end, you know, the the relationship ended. And through the months after we broke up, that's when we learned a lot more lessons. And then through our podcast, I I processed a lot of the things and and even had conversations with him. And after that, um, kind of learning those lessons. And I think we both have been in in a process that have um, made us a very different person now. Um, so my biggest lesson is to do that process a little quicker in the, in the daily basis so that we could figure out together how to go through the different scenarios and situations that life puts in front of us. Um, because if we just let it go for a very long time, that's what makes makes it impossible to make it work because mm -hmm. it's the accumulation of reactions, accumulation of anxiety to being triggered. And it just fe feels very hurtful mm -hmm. bo for both parts. Mm -hmm. uh, so at the end we were hurting and we didn't, we didn't mean to hurt each other, but because there was months of accumulation of those things that were happening, then, um, it was just very difficult to overcome the hurt right. and kind of put it aside to learn more and be able to see more of what the good parts of the relationship were, which I also learned that on the other side, on the good part of it, it was like when I hit that level of intimacy that we could get, like I could get to the point where I connected with his heart and his um most intimate part and we could have conversations there in mm -hmm. that place mm -hmm. and that's what we what i think everybody needs to keep like we need to find that place where we are vulnerable where we are where we are recognize our strengths and our weaknesses we accept each other are caring and loving and that place is the perfect place. And we had those moments where we could connect. And I treasured those moments. And I feel like if we kept having more of those moments, maybe it would have been, it would have been um, more successful. Mm -hmm. But of course, at this point, and I think I was asking you this afternoon, it's like, do you ever think about you know, maybe if I knew this, I would have done it different. And we usually go to the part where we recognize that we would have done it differently. Uh, but also, like, um, would you be willing to go back and do no. do it all over? No. Uh, I think it would be very difficult to, yeah. to do it. Absolutely. So, I don't know. It's... We are in a very different place mm -hmm. um, from the place we started a year ago. And I want to take the opportunity to 
really celebrate what we've done through one year. And I mm -hmm. remember when we started, I said, well, even if just, you know, the five people who are our <laughs> families are listening to us, that's great. But it has grown so much. So many people have um, listened to what we have to share. And it has been in a very, very genuine way and honest and open. Um, so I feel really, really happy about the process we went through, how, how our friendship has grown so much and, and how people keep coming back to us and saying, you know, how, how good it feels to feel like they're not alone. Yeah. And that there are so many people going through what we went through. Absolutely. And that we possibly will be going through. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. And and both Olga and I, uh, there's more lessons that I want to share, but both Olga and I are involved with other men who are on the spectrum. And um, it's an interesting journey and we've learned so much. So we communicate with them differently. We address things differently. And it doesn't mean that it's perfect, but we look at everything through a very different lens than we did in the relationships yeah. in I the past. I think the most amazing part is not taking, like you were saying, not per taking things personal right. because it's so, so damaging right. when their behavior is taken personal. Right. So I totally agree. And, and there's other lessons that I've learned that I now know if I went back, I would do differently. And one of them was I always had a lot of friends and my ex didn't have friends when we were together. He had like one, you know, and I don't even know that I would call that person much of a friend, but I got energy. I got energized. I got excited knowing that we were going to get together with my friends. And I don't know that he felt anything positive when he knew we were going to get together with my friends. And I know that when we would get together with family, even though he loved all his family and he loved my family, it brought tremendous anxiety for him to leave our home and to go out of his comfort zone. Once he got there, he usually, after a short period of time, seemed to have a good time. But then I know when he got home, he would oftentimes need time alone, sometimes for a day, sometimes for days. And now I know what a toll that took on him. So, and, and I don't even know if he's even aware of it. So the thing that I've learned now is that when your partner who's on the spectrum tells you that they don't want to go and do something social, don't, again, don't take that personal. You go. You find somebody else to go with. Because oftentimes when I would force my ex to go because I felt you're part of my family, you know, you need to go to these family events or you need... I, and and I used I used the word need. Um, you need to go with me. You're my husband. He felt obligated. He didn't want to hurt me. But oftentimes we would get in a fight. It could be on the way there. It could be on the way home. At some time in the night or the day when we would go out. And now I know why. He didn't want to go. He might have said yes to please me. And 
the anxiety or the stress that it caused him was was very difficult for him to handle and he didn't know he didn't know what he was feeling and i know that now i don't know that he knows it um it, it takes me to my ex-husband no, that's a different relationship right and I went through the same thing. He will focus so much in his job that if I mentioned some social function with our friends or family, he'll get re really stressed out because he felt like I wasn't appreciating his his work mm -hmm. that he needed to spend time to do and develop whatever project he was working on. And even if it was Saturday night, he should, he felt he should be working mm -hmm. on his project and not socializing because it was just not, you know, not, not using the time wisely. Mm -hmm. And he'll fight me. Like, do you think I have time to waste? And, you know, it's our friends. It's Saturday night. And they're inviting us over for a barbecue or something. And I used I play the guitar and I sing. And and they will ask me to take to take the guitar. He'll fight me because I'm taking the guitar and I was gonna stay longer than what he had planned initially, which would be like a couple of hours. But because I was gonna play and sing, that was gonna be like, oh my god, now we're gonna be here there until like midnight or past midnight midnight and i i have a lot to do mm -hmm. you think again you think do you think i have time to waste and it hurt me so bad i was like oh my god you're not even i mean it's saturday night mm -hmm. for god's sake it's just like, relax <laughs> no, just relax enjoy the friendship and the music i mean it wasn't like he hated me right. <laughs> how i i my singing or my my playing he liked it but But it was not about it. it. It was not about me. It was not about the music. It was not about the friends. It was about his special interest and his job, his project. I was taking him off that and right. causing a lot of stress, but I took it personal mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So that was another relationship that didn't work out because there right. was a lot of things I took personal. Right. And that didn't help. A lot of misunderstanding yes. and the other lesson for me that I learned is communication and how to communicate um, with my ex. Every person is different. Uh, I know every time I got emotional, whether I screamed or I cried or in any other way got emotional, I think he heard a word, maybe two, and then he tuned out. In fact, it was almost like he was a deer in headlights or he was trying to memorize everything I was saying because he was so overloaded. I would watch him mouth to himself the words I was saying. And then he would come back days later after he had reduced the emotional overload and basically repeat the exact same thing I had said to him using his words but almost the exact same thing I had said and I realized it took him two three four days to process everything that I had said because his brain had kind of turned off but he was able to somehow with his fantastic memory memorize mo most of what I had said but he hadn't processed it because he was on overload yeah. so the communication patterns that I now realize were occurring 
um, I would so change the way that I communicated. And I think that's really critical for the neurotypical to, to know that every time you get super emotional, your partner is probably not hearing what you say. And so my ex and I would have the same arguments over and over and over again because neither one of us was speaking the other person's language. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like we had two um, software packages that weren't reading each other's software, yet they were both software packages. So we were talking English, but I, I said to somebody, it almost felt like, you know, one of us was talking like, like old English from like, you know, the 1400s. And then the other person was talking English from modern. today. Yeah, modern English. So those were really critical. Did you have others or want me to share? Other lessons, lessons learned? Um, I mean, it's, it's been... It's been a long journey, so it, the communication, I agree. I absolutely agree with that because when we know that we don't have the same support, we need to create a communication that works for both of us. Right. And I think in a way, what, what I was mentioning before, like finding that place where we can be vulnerable and caring and loving I found that more effective with my ex-boyfriend to be, you know, like <clears throat> to open up and be able to say things that maybe in another situation was more difficult to right. do. Um, but like you said, it needs to be at the right time in the right place without the overload uh, because if there is emotional overload, forget it. They're going to disconnect right. and, and there's no way to, to have communication there. So whatever happens in that moment, it becomes like this noise in the environment, but not not a message. Mm -hmm. So that definitely, I, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I have two other things that I think are really important lessons learned. And that is number one, valuing and appreciating your partner's special interests or deep interests yes. because those bring tremendous joy however it's also important for them to know what your needs are so i didn't necessarily communicate well until i was um angry <laughs> mm -hmm. when my ex would sit in front of his computer for 10 hours and not even leave the room he was in to go to the bathroom, get a drink, eat or whatever. And I'd have to tell him, you know, it's, it's 10 o'clock. Do you want to eat? Or do you want to join us for dinner at eight o'clock? Whatever it was. The special interests, I think, have to be balanced with family life or life with a partner. And I think it's really important to talk about that at the beginning, because if you can create a schedule some people call it a relationship schedule or you can call it a calendar or whatever where they need time with their special interests whether it's when they come home from work or a certain number of hours on the weekend great fantastic but you also want to know when they're going to spend time with you when they're going to spend time with their children and when you're going to spend time together as a family because otherwise you get angry resentful 
you know, you misunderstand why they're spending 10 hours, 12 hours, you know, with their special interests and no time with the family. Go ahead. Absolutely. I think I had um, the the years that I was very successful in my relationship with my um, ex-husband. It was the time where I shared that Mm -hmm. special interest with him and we were working together. We were working in the project together. The moment I, I was pursuing more my goals and my dreams, that broke a little more that relationship. I feel like, um, yeah, it was very different when we were sharing that special interest and, and then the special interest changed and I wasn't in tune with that change. So I went more, you know, pursuing my dreams who, he was very supportive of that, but at the same time, it was more difficult to create those those spaces to share together and to spend time together and to have common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely that will be something that needs to happen in a relationship. And I think, it, I mean, in any relationship, but especially with someone on the spectrum, because because we are aware and we understand what's going on, but we are a little more responsible or I feel um, that we have that role of creating those spaces where we are um, sharing maybe not the interest, but the space or appreciating their special interests or bringing them into our special Mm -hmm. interests too because we we do have projects and we do have things that they may enjoy Mm -hmm. Um, or find like, Okay, his special interest included, like, I, I like taking pictures. And at some point in his project, taking pictures was something that needed to happen. So that was a great moment mm-hmm. where I, one of my special interests was his, That's was awesome. part of his. So that worked great. Mm-hmm. And that time was amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you know that that's the way to go, then you create more of those Right, Moments more of those opportunities. And opportunities, and because if you don't create them continuously, then some... You grow There's disconnection. Right, there's disconnection. So every time someone asks me why I got divorced, I always go to that description is we grew apart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel connected anymore. Yeah, and, and I... I feel the same way, and I also know that there was animosity that was built over misunderstanding and misunderstandings and misunderstanding. I think um, with my ex, the times that we were most in tune with each other and we were truly working as a team, um, there were two when we had our daughter, and that's almost 25 years ago. My ex knew or he determined what his role would be as a father. And he structured it so that he could manage 
everything that he knew he could do when she was a young child. He was the best parent, and I've said this before, like the first five years of her life. When she started having play dates and socializing and doing things after school and joining, you know, daisies, brownies, whatever, uh, wanting to do soccer, whatever she did, that meant that she was going to have friends that were coming over. She was going to have uh, birthday parties to go to. He didn't like any of that stuff. And he didn't really like to be around other people's kids and have responsibility for anybody else's kids. It was enough for him to have responsibility for his own child. So I've had some folks ask about, you know, parenting. And I think just as routine is really important, that's a big lesson that I learned. Routine is really important. It might have been boring to me, but it was really helpful for my ex to maintain his equilibrium. And I understand that now. When you have children, I think it's critical for you to create with your partner a routine that can fit into their routine. So they know, so everything's kind of structured and they know what their responsibility is. It may be very difficult for them to handle crises that will absolutely come around. Like your child has, you know, a fever. My ex was, was, better with those things than I was because I had postpartum depression and was very anxious the first two years of our daughter's life. He took her for shots and stuff like that, which made me even more anxious and um, stressed me out. But he was good with those emergency situations. But I wish we would have had a routine and a schedule when she got older, when she hit five and beyond so that he could have taken on more of those responsibilities. I think that's a really important lesson that I learned. And the last one I'm gonna mention has to do with employment because this is something that um, a lot of people have shared. Either they find that their partner is a workaholic and you know outstanding in their profession and Um, get a lot of accolades and then the partner comes home and says something like you're the only person that doesn't understand me everybody at work thinks I'm terrific well yeah because nobody at work has to share parenting responsibilities with you nobody at work has to share financial responsibilities nobody at work has to share family responsibilities going to visit for holidays nobody has to share chores with you so one of the biggest lessons I learned was, yes, our communication was challenged and it made me feel, to be honest, less than, like, what am I doing wrong? Because when, this was especially during our separation, um, my ex said, you're the only person I have communication problems with? Absolutely. Because I'm the only person that you have all these responsibilities with that you aren't a good multitasker. You can't manage all those things well. I didn't say this to him, but it's a lesson that I learned. And he used to say to me, I don't know how you can do all those things at once and do them well. And so how do you, as the neurotypical, figure out how to create routine, manage all the things that needed to need to be managed in a household not take things personal and make sure that you're focusing on your strengths and your partner's strengths 
So you can each kind of balance each other out rather than always being angry at each other or always being hurt by each other or always misunderstanding each other. So these are a lot of lessons. A lot of lessons. <laughs> we've and these are just so right. Right. Um, the last one I want to mention is um, there is this big temptation to fix things, to fix him, to try to do the process or push them into doing the process and doing the homework the way we always talk about, you know, each person should be doing um, his or her own homework and growing and all of that. But when you are in the middle of a relationship, there is that that need for the other person to go at the same rhythm that you go. But remember that we both are different and we process things differently. And not because I am the neurotypical, things have to go my way. And that I learned the hard way because, and I think you mentioned also that because we push for the process to happen, then the other person feels um, forced mm -hmm. into into realizing something or saying something or doing something. Um, and it, it's important to still keep in mind that they their, their process is their process. Mm -hmm. Their growth um, speed, <laughs> or at, yeah, the speed of, um, they grow at is different. Mm -hmm. And making it work at the same time with situations that are happening at the same time to both of you and both of us in the relationship, it is difficult, but we need to create a space for both to grow at the, at the level and the speed that we do mm -hmm. because that's only going to create more resentment. Yeah. And the, the way we love each other has to provide some space for that growth without forcing or pushing each other. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think um, one of the things we talked about at the end of season one was, or maybe it was the beginning of season two, about grieving for the relationship you thought you would have or the marriage you thought you would have, but you're not going to have. Because the fact of the matter is your brains are wired differently. You are, we'll talk about it in logical terms, you're two different softwares. You have to find that bridge between the two softwares. And it's not necessarily easy, but if you love each other and have compassion and have patience and have understanding and just take things personal, either one of you, I think you can get there. But you do have to realize that the dream you had for... Um, and I don't want to say a fairy book marriage because there's no such thing, but a neurotypical marriage. Or if you're the autistic partner and you thought you were going to have somebody who, you know, didn't want all these things from you or whatever, you're not going to have that. You have two different brains operating in a relationship and you need to understand each other for sure, for sure, for sure. And that's why I think it's so important, uh, to join support groups, both for the neurodiverse and the neurodivergent partner, go for therapy with a counselor who specializes in the autism spectrum disorder, and really understand yourself and what your needs are, both partners, be able to share that with your partner, and to be able to support each other in getting your individual needs met. 
then to understand what your needs are as a couple. Absolutely. In my line of work, I I always say support is the key. Mm -hmm. And I think in anything in life, I mean, I'm talking about breastfeeding and birthing and all that fun world I, I work in. But support is the key to everything in life. If you support each other, uh, if we support each other, there's a lot of things that can happen. And there's there's a lot of changes that can happen when you feel supported mm-hmm. and accepted and loved. Right. So I, agree. I think that what you mentioned before about love and compassion, uh, that's definitely the key in, in the support. And support inside of your relationship and outside of the relationship. I agree. And it's not to share, you know, not not to share to the world with the world, you know, what the challenges are or no. It's you know, looking for that um support that's really going to add um positive change to to the relationship and make it work and make yeah. it last because we all wanna be loved in love. We all want to have that relationship that's meaningful and that's gonna last forever. Yep. Yep. And we all we all want to be heard. We all want to be understood, and we all want to be cared for and supported. So that's a great way to end. I hope that this has been helpful to our listeners, and I want to encourage you to follow um, me on Instagram at neurodiverse underscore love. If you're interested in joining the support groups, we have two support groups a month for the neurotypical partner, and we're starting a support group for the autistic partner, which will be once a month. So if you're interested, you can DM me on the Instagram account, or you can send an email to neurodiverselove, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. You can also go to our website at neurodiverselove.com. And if you are a partner in a neurodiverse relationship and you'd like to join us on the podcast, feel free to DM me on Instagram or to send an email. And if you are a couple and you'd like to share the story of your relationship with other listeners, we'd also love to have you on the podcast. So I want to end this by saying it has been an amazing year journey And I am so honored to have done the first season of the podcast with my dear friend, Olga. And I'm so thankful that she said yes when I asked her if she wanted to do a podcast on neurodiverse love when we knew nothing about it. How nuts. It's been a wonderful experience. We have learned a lot. And I think it has pushed us even beyond where we thought we could be. Um, in this journey of growing and experiencing life and learning from it. Um, so I am honored and thankful and will be forever thankful for all this amazing year that yeah. we've been sharing. So yeah. thank you, my friend, and happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, my friend. Thank you to all our listeners. We're up to, I think, um, about 5,500 plays of the podcast and we continue to get new listeners every single day. So thank you all. And we'll be back next week with Manisa. Bye-bye.